Good morning. We're going to just spend a little while talking about home groups and uh, just how we operate as a church, I guess, in terms of, of our group life outside of a Sunday morning. Last week we talked about children's groups, and uh, um, this morning we're talking about adult groups. And uh, so that's why you're in this room and not in one of the rooms upstairs. Um, a uh, few years ago now, um, three, three and a half years ago, something like that, um, we set about as an eldership team um, the, the, launching some new home groups, effectively. And um, we chatted through with um, pastoral team, which at that time, pastoral leadership team was Rachel Spring and Paul Tufnell and Jules Loveland. Um, and we chatted that through as a team, came to a decision as to how we were going to establish some new home groups. Um, at that stage, as a church, I'd been leading not that long, I don't think, and eldership team was quite new. And we were really just wanting to establish some groups across the church that would really help to to serve us well, because in church life it's important that the structures that we have serve us rather than us serving our structures. Does that make sense? And so we really felt at that stage, like many of the groups that we had, although they had been very, very good, um, numbers of them were coming to an end. We were left actually with not that many, and it just felt like actually this needs fresh vision. And um, at that stage, I felt God to speak very clearly about four key words, which are words that we've used a lot over the last few years. Um, and really, the best way to describe why these words were, were important and are important is to think in terms of soil that you would expect to grow plants in. Um, lots of talk in the Bible about soil and growing plants and farming and all that sort of stuff, because there was a lot of that in their day. Um, less of that, I guess, today, except lots of you I know are keen gardeners, so you will understand some of the, what we're talking about. But the bottom line is, in order for a plant to grow well in soil, in the ground, it is important that that soil has good stuff in it. Does that make sense? You can have soil that's not good, that's full of um, disease, stones, um, other naughties that you guys could probably tell me about, which do not help plants grow, yeah? The important thing in our environment is that what we do, particularly even as leaders, what we do is we pour good stuff into the soil. So if you imagine this church like a... um, like a patch of garden, like a a pot, for want of a better expression. And we want to put excellent, excellent nutrients into the soil, which enables things to grow. Does that make sense? And so these four words really are the nutrients that we've sought to put into our environment so that brilliant stuff can grow out of it. Now, what we've done is, um, so I just, if you don't know what those words are, um, I'm just going to run through them very quickly. Number one is love. Um, love is the number one nutrient that any environment needs in order to be healthy. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about churches, marriages, parenting, friendship, whatever it is, love is a vital, vital ingredient if you want a healthy relationship, a healthy environment. Yeah? And so, obviously, pouring that in 
is really important. And we are talking, obviously, about the basis of this being God's love. We want everybody in this church to encounter something of the love of the Father. That's why we sing week after week about experiencing that, about knowing his love in our lives. And the more we know it in here, the more that that overwhelms us, the more that that takes hold of us, the more actually that is what pours out of us. And so it is a vital ingredient. Another one is freedom. Do you know that you've been designed to be free? You've been designed to be free because if you're free, you can make a choice. That's why God says freedom is so important. Do you ever wonder why the devil was hurled down to this planet rather than just any planet? If there was only God and there wasn't a temptation, if there wasn't another God, in inverted commas, there would be no choice. God wants us to have choice, therefore he wants us to know freedom. And what he did was he set us free at the cross to be able to make a choice. And so you guys are here this morning, I think, (laughs) because you've made a choice to pursue Jesus because you love him. And our freedom is vital. And in a church environment, it is really important that we cultivate freedom in this environment. What religion does is it seeks to bring an imposition. Um, Is that the right word? It seeks to impose upon us a certain way of doing things. What Jesus came to do was to set us free from the constraint of that to enable us to be free to choose. If you impose a religion on somebody, they're not really choosing, are they? So we're free to choose and therefore choose him and choose life. Um, uh, Honour is another key ingredient, another key nutrient that we are pouring into this environment. Um, It is very difficult to um, just in isolation look at any of these words without seeing them as values and ways that we live. It's got to be worked out. It can't just be a philosophy it has to be, there has to be an, an overflow of it, doesn't it? Um, with honour, um, the definition of honour that I like is that honour is the currency of heaven. You have the currency of heaven at your disposal, in your hands, in your heart, because Jesus lives inside of you. Agreed? Who has Jesus living inside of them? Okay, so you have um, the king of kings inside of you, the king of the kingdom lives inside of you, and you have access to the resources that come from that kingdom, yeah? And so you have the currency of heaven to be able to pour into somebody else. And that's what honour is. What honour does is it says, I'm going to pour into you, and I'm actually going to see you from where you think you are, and I'm going to encourage you up to the level that God says where you are, which is is up here, not down there. And so many of us as Christians are tempted to look down and walk down and live down when actually, as Neil started off this morning, we are sons and daughters of the King of Kings and therefore can walk with our heads held high. Um, We have a very good example of monarchy in our nation um, uh, in terms of how, when you, you know, I guess even what we've seen recently with Prince William and uh, his growing family, there is something of what they do as walking as royalty. They know who they are. They know their identity. They are not ashamed to walk into a room. They are not fearful walking into rooms. They know that they carry something. 
and we too carry something. And what honour does is it seeks to bring that to our attention and to live from that place and to draw then other people's significance out of them. And then the last one is power. Um, There is an awful, awful lot of power in us because Jesus is in us. And I don't think we really yet understand much of what power looks like. Um, There was... just in terms of the name of Jesus that we carry, <laughs> we used to sing the song, didn't we? There is power in the name of Jesus. And it's true, isn't it? And we, it's so good to be reminded that the environment that we are in, because Jesus is in it, is powerful. And therefore, we are powerful people. Now, those four nutrients that are below the ground, they then cause brilliant stuff to grow out of the ground. Yeah? And actually what I've noticed is the more we pour those four things into people, which is really what we're talking about, the more faith grows. It rises up in people. It's it, like As you pour those four things in, faith has to rise because people discover their value in God. They discover all of the, the, the realities of those different things that we're talking about. And so faith rises and then hope rises and then actually those four ingredients just start popping out of people as they grow. And so we're now three years on, and our home groups, we started off, actually, like often happens in these sorts of things. If you've been in and around churches for any length of time, you will know that there is a life cycle to these things, and you kind of have to um, revisit them every now and again. You have to re-energise them, re-envision them. And uh, so three years, three and a half years ago, whatever it was, we started those groups off. Um, I'm banding that around as if it is the case. I'm kind of guessing three years, something like that. And... um, and I think we set off on a, on a great trajectory with that stuff. We had a heart at the time as leaders that what we wanted to do was to co-lead with others in our groups and raise up new leaders. And that happens to a greater or lesser extent, depending on what groups you were in and what was going on. Um, some of the groups have worked very, very well. Others actually have, have not worked quite so well, not found it as easy. People have moved away. That kind of thing has happened. We've reached a point actually now where it has just felt like actually there's need for fresh vision around home groups um, and possibly a broader understanding of what home groups look like. And I think where we have benefited over the last three or four years of looking at some of these subjects, it's very difficult to talk about things like freedom and people's significance without people in that environment then growing and realising, actually, there's things that I'm passionate about. There's things that I would love to lead on or see happen or pioneer. And so we shouldn't be surprised that there is great stuff that is starting to happen around the place um, because we've been teaching into some of these things for quite a while. So I'm really excited that we're able to revisit this stuff. I think another thing that happens with any form of leadership is it's quite tiring sometimes being a leader. Sometimes being motivated to lead others, maybe if you've been through a tough season or just a long season, it is tiring, isn't it? And I think sometimes leaders simply need to have a bit of a rest. And we cannot say that things like (laughs) honour and freedom and love exist in our place and then not give people the freedom to be able to say, excuse me, I need a rest. Because... 
life is not all about Oasis Church, is it? Much as, as we might sometimes think that, or I might think that. I know that you guys have lots of different things going on through life. Things, work, families, environments that you're in outside of this particular context. And so there's lots of contributing factors, and that affects our leaders as well, doesn't it? And so we, as being a family together, need to love one another really, really well. And that is another excellent reason for us to revisit groups, to have a think about, actually, leaders, do you need a break? Do you need a rest? That's why, actually, we should be seeing new leaders come through constantly in a church environment as people grow. Um, the other thing that's exciting is that leaders also benefit in this environment and start having vision for new things and fresh things. And of course then what happens often is we find that actually we're tied to the thing that we have been doing and it's been absolutely right that I've done that for that season except now God's given me faith and vision for something new. And if I'm not in an environment where freedom exists, it's very difficult for me not to think, oh, actually, I've I've got to stay in this position and keep doing this thing. And then sometimes what we do is our passion overtakes us, so we end up trying to lead two things or three things. And then we find we just spread ourselves thinner and thinner and thinner, and we get leaders that burn out. And I don't want to have a church where leaders burn out. I've been in and around churches long enough and seen enough leaders burn out and not run well and continue to run Um, and uh, it's not okay that we allow that to go on here is it if we're saying that those first four ingredients nutrients in our environment are really important so we want to make some changes we want to bring fresh vision to groups there are very good reasons for that as I've explained Um, and actually they release more of what I've just talked about So my heart is that the groups that we begin to see develop, and this is a work in progress, So, um, but as we see things unfold in the coming months, my heart is that they release fresh fruitfulness, that there is fresh growth that comes in a new season as vision is released. That actually... And and the other thing I just wanted to say as well, I realise I've not actually used any of my notes. Um, Our values don't change. The context that we can meet in, we can give them different names, we can have a different emphasis, but our values don't change. And it's really important that you guys understand, as we navigate through any changes that there might be, that you know our values don't change. Values of we love one another, that we are seeking to love one another as well as we possibly can, that we are a family Therefore, family means it's inclusive. We want to include everybody in this family. Values like we believe that we are also sent ones. We, there is a tension in church between gathering together and then remembering that actually Jesus has commissioned us to go. And it's always a tension in church And it plays out in different ways and different times. And actually, we have to be led by the Holy Spirit in it in order to know what's the the season, if you like. That's the overused word, isn't it? What's the right thing to do right now for us as a group of people? And we, we openly want to be led by the Holy Spirit. That means some days we will make great decisions because we've heard from the Spirit well and it absolutely works. But if we're saying that this is an environment where freedom exists, 
and where honour exists, it's also an environment where people are allowed to make mistakes. So I'm allowed to have a crazy idea to do something and it not work. And then you guys don't get to be able to put me down, criticise me, tell me that I'm rubbish, because we've poured honour into this place. So you guys go, Pete, well done for giving it a go. Well done. You took a risk. You tried something new. The only important thing in this whole thing is that we do what Jesus tells us to do, not whether we succeed or not. Because who knows that it's Jesus who is building his church. For some reason, he just asks us to do stuff along the way because he wants us to enjoy the adventure, to enjoy the, the, the sense of being together. But he's building the church. It's not my responsibility to make groups work in this church. It's my responsibility to maintain our values, and we do that. It's, that's what, why we have leadership. We, that's that's the, the point, isn't it? And even with that, you know, sometimes we get it wrong too, don't we? Sometimes we don't always honour people in the, in the right way. Sometimes we're not loving. We overreact. We do things wrong. But we are working to have relationships that are so good that actually we can be restored in relationships, that we have short accounts with each other, that we trust one another really well. Um, so I've probably said more than I need to um, on this. I want to get Paul up. I'd let, can I just say a quick word about these guys? Um, when we pioneer anything... There is risk involved. Chris Vincent, for those of you who remember Chris, um, used to spell, used to lead the church. He used to spell faith, R-I-S-K. I'm sure he got that from somewhere. Um, But I remember him saying that, and it's absolutely true. And for years, what we have done as a church is the elders have decided what pastoral structure there will be in the church, what home group leaders there's going to be, normally who those home group leaders are, um, at worst, who is going to be in those groups, um, and all of that. I've just talked to you about how it's important that we are pouring brilliant nutrients into this place in terms of love and freedom and honour and power. What that means is that as we've done that, we are really saying that you guys are significant. You guys are as important as the leaders. The only difference is is that I have different responsibilities to you. (laughs) That the elders have different responsibilities to you. But you know what? You've got different responsibilities to me (laughs) in the different bits of life that you're involved with. Um, So I want to to just say that um, in terms of Paul and Rachel Spring, who are now heading up the pastoral leadership team, Jules has stepped out of leading pastoral leadership team, Um, those two guys, Paul and Rachel, are seriously capable pastors. They are not elders, but they are pastors. And God has given pastors to the local church to serve us, to equip us, to build us up. And so our encouragement as elders to these guys is that they will fly with everything that God is giving them, is pouring into them for us as a church. And then, as they bear fruit, we get to taste the goodies. Do you see? And so, 
I want to give them some honour for what they're doing. Um, when we started talking about rejigging the groups, um, we spoke as an eldership couples team, which is basically the four guys plus our wives, and we were just kicking some ideas around with the groups uh, and saying that we'd been talking to Paul and Rachel Spring about about these groups. Um, and Marsha then really, you felt that you had some faith and some vision for the way that this could work, didn't you? And it just felt like it was a really good thing to put Marsha with Paul and Rachel to work on this. Um, while I'm in the, the, the mode of just acknowledging people and celebrating who they are, Neil and Marsha are phenomenal pastorally in this church, aren't they? Um, if you've been in their home group, then you've had a ball, haven't you? An absolute ball. The stories that I've had coming out of that group has been brilliant. So it makes real sense to have um, these guys, but particularly on this Marsha linking up with Paul and Rachel, um, to spearhead fresh vision for these groups. Um, we get to cheer them on. Uh, we get to taste the goodies. Um, I want to say as well that it is a work in progress. And they will probably say that too in a minute. Um, but that means we're going to see how it goes. We're going to steer it as it goes. But you have to get things moving in order to be able to steer them, don't you? So um, without further ado, Mr Tufnell. Thanks, buddy. Cool. Um, I've noticed that Rachel, Marsha and Pete have got their iPads. Um, I've got my iPaper. It's very expensive paper. Um, thank you, Pete. Um, I'm not going to be that long. Um, Rachel and uh, Marsha are going to come up and uh, talk in more in detail about the actual um, details of the vision um, and where we see things going. But to be honest, no morning like this um, where we're talking about new groups would um, be complete without us um, just hitting pause and honouring and thanking those who have already led groups over the last three years. Um, so before we get to the new lot, um, I, I just want us to um, acknowledge um, these guys because um, whilst my name is on the list, um, I, I just know over the years, and I'm sure you all do as I'm looking out across you all, you all know, you guys know how much um, leaders put into things like community groups week in, week out or fortnightly, however often you meet. It is... It, 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 it is um, it's a responsibility that takes time, it takes energy, it takes thought, there's responsibility, um, and it doesn't just happen, even though it might look like it happens on the night. So um, there's a number of people um, that have been leading groups up until now. Some of these people will continue to lead groups, so these are um, people who have previously and who will continue to lead groups. Um, I'm just going to go through a list, and then I think we should um, give them a rousing round of applause for their um, efforts. So we've got um, Pete and Leo Bardwell um, have led with Chris and Rachel Spring. As Pete mentioned, Neil and Marsha Bullivant, um, with the amazing Mark and Joe Fletcher. Yay! Um, Peter and Anita Godwood with Andy and Joe Webb. Uh, Dave and Jules Loveland with um, some couple called Paul and Rachel Tufnell. <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> um, Mervyn and Meyer Pike uh, with Gail and Kevin Butler. Mervyn and Meyer, yay. Um, Jen Gollidge led the Wednesday morning group up until recently, um, and it's now Jackie Turner. Jackie's here. Is Jen here? Oh, she's doing kids' work. Okay, so those people, those people if you're here from those names that just read out, could you stand up for me? Let's give them a round of applause, yeah. 
Really good. Thank you, guys. Um, absolutely brilliant. I, I, I won't give away how long um, we were initially going to lead these groups for, um, but suffice to say, it wasn't three years. Um, I'm just going to speak a little bit about um, change and transition, um, and then I'm going to hand over to Marsha. The good news is, whilst we might be speaking longer this morning, you've got four different speakers, which will hopefully keep it a bit the variety coming and uh, keep you on, keep you alert. Um, a couple of years ago, um, funny enough, I did a, I guess you called it a study, like a research um, around transitioning. Um, isn't it funny how God uses something quite random? Why was I even studying transitioning? I think it was something to do with coaching, what have you, but. And you think to yourself, why am I doing this at the time? I'm not that particularly interested in transition as a subject or an issue. Um, And yet, two years later, (laughs) I find myself embroiled in a transition. Um, uh, Is that the right word? Embroiled? A part of transitioning. Um, So I've got so much material... Um, a lot of it is provided by Adrian, actually. I'm looking at Adrian. You provided the most feedback. Thank you. Um, but so did Neil Lawrence and loads of other people gave me some feedback. Um, I, could, I could literally run a whole workshop, I think, on um, transition, but I won't do that. What I do want to say, though, is that we do understand, as elders, um, for myself, Marsha and Rach, we absolutely are really aware that changes and transitions in any sphere of life can unsettle people can't it? Um, I know for me when I've changed jobs, moved house, become a parent, um, <laughs> it's, it's a bit unsettling. Even driving a new car can be a bit unsettling, can't it? Because you're just not sure. Um, and those feelings are absolutely natural, absolutely fine. If you feel a bit nervous, a bit anxious, it's okay. Um, but our encouragement would be if I'm honest, is try not to stay in that place too long. <laughs> um, transition, I, I think it was um, Chris Vincent who said this. Chris, um, transition, he said, was um, a natural part of process and success. Okay, so just using those, those two things that I mentioned about, you look at nature, for example, we're constantly, nature changes, doesn't it? Just go for a walk in the woods, <laughs> different seasons, they change. Um, you think, think of family, Changes, children go up, and so on, so on, and so forth. The interesting thing is, those transitions come through success and process. So, one thing I just want to add to this bit I was going to say is, is we're not saying, and I hope don't think, please don't hear what we're, what we're not saying, is that these groups haven't really worked, and it's a bit of a, you know, that's sort of pitted out, they've died. Um, I don't think any leader has actually burnt out, I don't think so. Um, but it's not that, okay? So let's not get into our minds, um, oh, they failed. No, 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 they've been really, really successful. Um, I think they have. Um, we just actually, more than anything, we want to give people new opportunities um, to lead. Uh, and we also, we'd love to see more people in community groups. But the ones that have been around have been amazing. And um, it's to your credit that they, the leaders have done that really well. It's excellent. Um, we don't want anyone in the family here to be um, overly anxious or fearful. So one of the th- couple of things that we want to do as leaders um, is obviously we want to communicate really well and really clearly. Um, I think when I did that research and I asked numbers of people, it, not just in this church, but far and wide, um, 
just um, even people who are really quite well known who run businesses and organisations, the number one thing they said was always the number one was communication. Make it clear, make it honest, make it with integrity, but keep the communication going. So one of the reasons why we've given over a whole Sunday morning rather than family morning or trying to do it a another way um, is to try and enable and foster that kind of security. Right, I know what's going on. I know what I can expect in September or October, further down the line. Okay, so we want to do that. And, uh, and we also we want to give you um, opportunities to feedback to us. Um, what you're feeling um, and thinking. So um, I just want to encourage you to, um, as it were, lean into what Marsha is about to bring and Rachel and some others with faith. Um, choose faith. Choose, as I think it was Paula who said, um, listen, Jesus is in our boat, is he not? Um, and he's got sailing destinations which are yet uncharted. Ooh, it's like Captain Cook, isn't it? Um, let's, lean, let, let's lean into faith. I, one of the questions I used in that um, research project, I, I answered, um, I asked a load of people, what would they do differently next time after they have been through a, a change and transition? What would you do differently next time? And I just wanted to end and hand over to Marsha with these two things. Um, this um, person who remain, remain anonymous said this, believe that God will open and shut doors to our benefit during the transition, allowing us, as we move forward, to look up to him rather than looking down for tripwires. And the second one was, dare to believe quicker that God has an amazing adventure for us. Marsha. Thank you, Paul. That was amazing. I'm feeling really full of faith already. I think uh, what I wanted to um, to say is that actually as much as we as leaders have come up with this idea of looking at new groups, do you know the first person who has wanted to do this is God, isn't it? And he has then brought this up in us. So I believe that that, that is what navigates a bit. Paula, your word is absolutely fantastic. Right for this morning, it's so timely because actually I believe that you know, it's recognising that Jesus is the captain of the boat and actually he's saying to us, come on, we're going in new places. And we've. it feels like we feel confident that as, not just as elders and leaders, but certainly prophetically, I know that Jules, back in, when we first came to this building and we started meeting here, God was speaking to us about intimacy and about um, intimacy with him and about intimacy with one another. And I believe that this is the outworking of of us actually seeing a greater sense of community together and intimacy with one another. Um, yes, that's really exciting. Um, we believe, don't we, that the church is us. It's not the building, it's not the structure, but it's the people. And we need the structures and we need things in place to serve us. As Pete said, we don't serve the structures, we let the, the structures serve us. But... We believe that this, at this point in time, and I'm speaking here as a pastor, but I believe I'm also speaking here as a prophetic person, as a prophet, that actually um, God is awakening every member of his church to be fully awake to who they are in him and what their place is in the body. And when I preached 
quite a while ago now, that is what the heart of the message was. And I was so pleased that when Rob Hodgkin, if any of you were there at the meeting in the chapter house, that is what he said. He said, God, at this time, in, in not just oasis but across the whole world is bringing revival through each person in the body realizing who god is and realizing who they are and i believe that there's a revelation that takes place but there's also an outworking of that and so what we're talking about today is actually us as a body working that out in what it means practically. So there's one step, isn't there, of going, God, you're amazing, you're faithful, you're the captain of the boat, you're amazing. And God, you've made me, you've put, you're living inside me, you're amazing. And oh, you've put stuff inside me to bring and you've given me dreams and passions and desires and giftings. And then there's that working out in church life. So what we're talking about this morning is actually how does this work out in Oasis? And we believe these new small groups are actually a result of God saying, I have put in my people, in my body, an amazing array of gifts and talents and passions. And I want those things to come out. I don't just want those a few people to determine what happens in the body. I want every member to be alive in the body. Um, we believe, I was looking through um, the website the other day of the, the talks and Pete spoke, I think it was a couple of years ago, about unity, not conformity. And I felt God sort of used that title and spoke to me. And I feel like actually, you know, what Pete said, actually our values have not changed. Our values don't change. Um, and actually what we're unified by is a heart connection to our beliefs and our values, isn't it? We're, uni we're unified through that. But we're not unified through our conformity to a set of meetings or a set of practices or the way we do something. And I felt like, like in Neil and I, in our marriage, we are unified by the fact that we love each other, we're committed to one another. And in our family, we're unified by we are going to parent the children this way. This is what we believe we're investing. But actually, the way that works out is very different because the way God has made Neil, Neil and I is different. Over 18 years, we've become a lot more similar but actually he's put different things inside of us and so the way our unity works out is not conformity it looks quite diverse in how we operate in our marriage and in our family and I believe that is like a small picture of what he wants the church to be like us unified in our hearts but actually the expression of God being very diverse and so what you'll see and what you'll hear today is a far more diverse range of small groups than we've had before that reflect the diversity of us as a people. Um, so instead of, so Pete and Paul both mentioned that instead of previously when leaders have gone, hey, you, would you like to lead a small group? Um, it has to have, um, years ago I'm talking about the word, the, the something W, I can't even remember, the worship, the word and the witness or something. And Pardon? Welcome. Yes, I like that bit, actually. Um, and it had to follow a certain structure. And obviously, for some people, that was great, but it, the groups tended to be quite similar. What we've done with what we've done this time is a bit the other way around. We've gone to people who are already leading stuff, and it might not be a small group. It might be they've been leading um, in children's work or they've been leading in a different area. Um, 
and we said, what are you passionate about? What is God? What has God put inside of you? Um, what, what are you dreaming about that you'd just love to see? And, and so actually what has started, and I believe this is just the start, we believe that, don't we, that this is the start of things, is that things have come out of people suddenly being released to lead in an area that perhaps they haven't necessarily have had that permission to before. And that's what's so exciting, because I think that is how God is with me. He says, what are you passionate about? What are you excited about? Go and do those things. And that's how Cake and Make started, that actually I felt God giving me permission and saying, forget about all those other things that you think need to be done. What do you really love? And as a result, that came out of that. Um, So if you're sitting there and thinking, I would love to do a group. Um, No one's approached me yet then first of all, we want to say, we just want to go, no rejection. We don't want to take any. We just sort of go, as Rose would say, we Jesus block rejection. Because if somebody hasn't approached you, it's not because we don't um, believe in you. It may be that different stages of life you're in, we thought actually maybe they don't want to do it. Or maybe, I mean, our value has been to start with people who are already doing things. But we believe that actually... Everybody is significant. Everybody is significant and everybody has stuff inside them. And it might be actually at this time in your life, it's not to lead something. It might be that you want to partner with somebody else in seeing something happen. It might be that you just want to faithfully go to a group every week and bring all you are to that group. And that is fantastic. Um, But we do want you to be alive to what it is God's put in you. And um, if you are thinking, I'd just like to know more, I'd like to talk this through more, then I just encourage you to speak to Paul or Rachel or myself to talk it through. And it may be that at the end of a conversation, you feel quite clear and you think, oh, yeah, I'm really excited. I think I'd like to do something. It may be that you think, actually, that's for later, or actually, that's not in a church context, that the outworking of those dreams and passions is in the world. Um, We would say that our value is team, and actually, God, just as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they operate in a team, don't they? They operate in family, and actually, when we do anything really in church, we encourage each other and we encourage people to do that in teams so whether that's in with one other person or two other people or a group of people doing something it's just much better and much stronger and when we do something in a team so if you're thinking I've got a great idea and I just want to go for it we'd say come and talk to us about that because actually there might be somebody else who has the same vision and passion and we have actually found that that what's really exciting is somebody said oh I really feel passionate about this and we've had a separate conversation with somebody over here going oh I really feel passionate about that and it's the same thing and we're going oh god that's amazing you're obviously wanting to do something in that and then you'll build people are being built to each other as well So I think that's all I want to say. I just wanted to say that we are really excited about what's happening. And also, just to give you a bit of a prophetic overview, that um, God has spoken to, certainly God has spoken to me, and he confirmed that earlier this week, actually, when I was questioning this, but about, and I know a number of other people, about this is a season, and for us as Oasis, about 
creativity and he's spoken to it through different people who have come in. I think Rob spoke last year about, he mentioned about um, us being a church leading in creativity. But you know what? Creativity is not just about art and it's not just about drama and it's not just about dance. It's about us creatively expressing the nature of God in different ways. And it's us showing the myriad of God's colours and his goodness and his kindness in all the different ways that we are as a church. And I believe that these new small groups that are going to be launched are us creatively stepping forward into the expression of God's community that he's wanting to build, build amongst us. Thank you. Well done. She's good, isn't she? <laughs> I love it when Marsha casts vision. Um, I'm just going to talk about now what you can expect from who's going to be leading um, things as we have it at the moment. Um, so this is a work in progress. This isn't all the information you're... This is not the end <laughs> of the information. There'll be more coming because we're um, constantly talking with people about these things. But we wanted to give you a flavour up front um, so you can begin to think about things over the summer um, and get an idea for what the future might look like. So I'd love to ask Joe Webb, Jackie, Tanya, Mervyn and Dave and Neil all to come up the front, please. <laughs> come and stand in this lovely big space over here then everyone can see you (laughs) so we've got some current leaders and we've got some new group leaders here um, and they just would love to share with you a bit about um, what's happening for them in the future Um, I've also got something to share from Pat and Maddie they're both on kids work today so they couldn't couldn't be here to say anything so I'll start off with them Pat and Maddie um, I'm sure you know who they are they're going to be sharing um, and running a group together and they would really love to have um, a prophetic emphasis on their group Um, anyone who knows Pat and Maddie would know that that naturally flows out of who they are so they couldn't help themselves (laughs) but come up with this as a theme Um, so I know um, they were they had the idea of looking through the seer book by James Goll which is looking at the prophetic. Um, So if you are new to the prophetic, you're wanting to learn more about the prophetic, um, that's going to be some of their emphasis. Um, So they're going to be meeting on a Tuesday or Wednesday evening, um, but more information will be coming out via emails about the details, so you don't need to worry about what time and where and who, um, because we will be sending that out to you. So this is just like headlines, okay? I'm going to pass it along. (laughs) Okay. Um, My group is going to be a daytime group, probably a Tuesday morning, but I can have some flexibility in that. Um, The kind of emphasis on my one is going to be for healing. Um, Some of you may have heard of Chris Gore from Bethel. He heads up the healing rooms there. He has done a workbook, which we will use as a foundation. We we will obviously have some freedom to do what works for us as a group as well. Uh, So there will be that kind of theological kind of um, background Um, when I did his course I found I had quite a few lies that I believed about God and healing so we'll be looking at that kind of thing Um, what else have I got here Um, I'm hoping to meet fortnightly Uh, one one of those in a month will be doing the theological side and the other one will be getting outside and 
asking God to guide us to places in Chelmsford and actually stepping out in healing. We will practice on each other as well. Um, and um, so, yeah, if you want to join my group, you've got to be prepared to do that. And um, I just want to say that I haven't actually seen breakthrough in healing yet. So what I'm doing is I'm inviting you to join me on a journey because I believe we will see breakthrough. So if you're happy to join me with that, then um, my group. Okay. Um, I run the daytime group. Um, we meet at the moment on a Wednesday morning, but that's flexible. So if you can't do a Wednesday morning, but you're around in the daytime, do talk to me. Um, we're a very diverse group. Our youngest member is about six months old. Um, the last year, we've just journeyed creatively together, exploring our relationship with God and each other. Um, I think the most exciting times have been when the three- and four-year-olds have ministered to us through pictures, through words. It's just been amazing. Um, if you're interested in joining us, it doesn't matter what age you are, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, if you're around in the daytime, it'd be great. Hi, I'm Dave. Um, I'm planning on running an evening group, um, probably initially starting um, just f- monthly, actually, and that will make sense in a second. Um, if I can just permit you, I, I just wanted to write a vision statement for this um, a couple of days ago, just to see what came out. Um, and it sounds quite nice, so I'll just read it to you. It's probably going to say better than what I do if I blurb it. So, uh, to see those members of Oasis Church that choose this, able to work through the Bible such that concealed mysteries are sought out, revelation gained, spiritual truths understood and applied, and a solid theological foundation is laid that can withstand scrutiny and will always lead to glory to God through the person of Jesus Christ. This can and should then serve the wider body of Christ. So it's very definitely going to be Bible study focused. Um, The reason I say fortnightly is because I want... Monthly, sorry. Monthly is because I um, I I want people to be able to prepare for it. I would like us to know in advance of the meeting what it is we'll be looking at, whether it be a, a phrase, a Bible, book, a topic, a theme. Um, I will, I'll, I'll suggest the first one. From then on inwards, we will decide what we think we want to study next time. Um, it will be led by me. Um, Adrian will oversee so that we don't go down any kind of kooky paths. Um, but he won't always be there. Um, but when I when I say so when he's not there when he when he's not there then hey you know the mice can play um, who knows what we're going to come up with um, I my heart is not that my heart is not so much that I lead it but that I facilitate so all those of you that want to dig into the word um, you bring your thoughts we discuss them we robustly work our way through. We may agree at the end, we may disagree at the end, but we go away loving each other, knowing that we've had our, our own theology tested and proved, um, and we're all, as a team, move deeper. My long-term vision is that we then serve the church and, and wider, but right now that's what it is. Um, the first meeting, if you're interested, will be the 22nd of September at my house, which is a Tuesday night. Um, oh, and I forgot to say, um, I currently lead a group with Rachel Spring. Sorry, Rachel Tufnell. Too many Rachels, Sorry. <laughs> Rachel Tufnell, the lovely Jim Rachel. Sorry, the lovely Rachel Tufnell. I'm slightly nervous. Sorry. Um, Rachel and I are stepping back from leading, but we are in discussion with that group um, as to how that group moves forward. If someone else picks, chooses to lead it or whatever, so we, we're not. This isn't a closing of that group, um, but this is a transition. Yeah. Uh, I, I really don't know what to say because we're a, 
very small group. We, we live in Malden, and the other couple who live in Malden is Gail and Kevin. So we meet together on a Thursday. The Thursdays can vary a bit, depending on other circumstances. So, so we meet, and we, well, we don't uh, prepare anything, but we see what the Lord leads us to talk about. But much of it is tied to what the church is teaching. We had a session on honor. We've had sessions on what it means to love one another. We've uh, studied the, uh, the way the Holy Spirit has worked in the Old Testament, how he works now. Now we have the Holy Spirit in us, and we look at all these things. So, and it's very scripturally based. So, so we, the Bibles are in, in use all the time. And uh, we try to adhere to Scripture, and we try to build one another up, really. That's, that's our... And we, we do have a time of prayer. We pray for one another. We pray for different circumstances, but, um, you know, and we do pray for healing of one another too where it's necessary. And, well, we are open to really what the Lord is saying to us and open to talking about that and open, and open so that we will all grow, really. So it's, I suppose, in a way, we're a sort of fundamental group, a bit like Dave said, where the scripture, where the Bible is central, and our discussions are central to the Bible. Okay? That's great. Thanks, Marion. Thank you. Uh, I'm here representing the London group, or the London Gathering. Um, We've been going for a while. Um, I think up until last year, Matt Burge and I, I'm happy if I've got this wrong, were the only people working in London. And we used to meet sporadically for coffee, but then I started dreaming with Mark Gollidge last year about, actually, do you know what? There's been an influx of people starting to work in London. Wouldn't it be great if we met? So Mark and I, I would say, facilitate this group. I tell you, we're full of leaders, so to be honest, any one of them can lead. Um, But we gather once a month on the first Tuesday of every month, and we meet in the boardroom of heaven, if I could just say that, okay? An extra large boardroom of heaven. And we've had four gatherings, and the presence of God has been quite phenomenal. We don't come prepared. We just rock up with a a coffee or a cup of tea, pray, we prophesy of each other, we pray for healing, and we have an amazing time. In that time, okay, just going back to the declarations, we've had people gone into promotions, I think we've had people receiving money, I think we prayed for healing, haven't we? And it's just been phenomenal. So I know it sounds exclusive, but there are some other people that work in London but it's, we just want to really just say, look, come and join us. It's for about an hour, 45 minutes, once a month. And we just want to hang out with Jesus. And I think, and also the reason we do it is that we've, we've got seven dreams, actually. One of the things we did very early on is document the dreams that we felt God talking to us about this group. And partly because of London being an international hub, we feel like there's sort of a sending element within that group. We've got a passionate heart for business, government, all of the seven mountains, and uh, it's just great. So if you want to join us, it's a 6.30 train, 6.29 train. Man alive, I don't do too much talking at that time. (laughs) So bless you.
Good morning. I don't know how I'm going to follow that, Neil. <laughs> I'm Tanya, and um, for those of you who know me, you'd know that I love food, and I love a social. <laughs> um, and I do believe that those things are from God. Um, so I think he has made my mantra to try and be the hostess with the mostest. <laughs> and I feel that... <laughs> I feel that... Um, it's in those times that I have opportunity to be loving, to be encouraging of others. And um, so, yes, so I think maybe from about November, December time last year, I really feel stirred about this whole intimacy thing and how do we create opportunity to be intimate with one another. So I leave the intimacy with God for the elders and those serious groups. <laughs> I'm about the loving one another. <laughs> Um, so I think we started, um, I've had a couple of conversations um, with various people and um, something that's bared a bit of fruit and starting um, that we looked at was having a lunch club um, for our 70 plus um, members of Oasis. And so we had um, one lunch last week, which was Monday at Marsha's house. And it was lovely. I hope the guys that came had a good time. I really enjoyed it. And I think what we'd like to do is to continue with that and have a monthly get-together um, to create an opportunity for us to have lunch together um, and have other people tapping into that. So if you would like to be on the serving team of making lunch or providing ingredients to the lunch or coming together and just having some companionship and chatting, then that would be really great. So I'd love to hear from you if that's something that you'd be interested in. Um, but then a broader bit from that is trying to look at um, organizing more broader church events. So I think we'll talk a bit more about that on another occasion, but I just wanted to whet your appetite to say that there are things um, that we'd like to see across church happening. Um, and to stress the fact, as Marsha said, it is about team. So if you're going to wait for me to do it by myself, I can say now it's not going to happen. <laughs> but if you'd like to join me in thinking about and coordinating things like that, then again, please email me or come and have a chat because I'd love to hear your ideas. Wow, sounds fun, doesn't it? So you can see what happens when you start asking people, what do you want to, what are you passionate about? There's such diversity there, isn't there? Um, which is really fun. Um, <laughs> um, the other thing that's exciting is, do you know you can be more than part of one group? Ooh. <laughs> so we're not saying that you can only be part one, just commit to one and nothing else, because we're aware that sometimes, I don't know about you, but I could, probably could have gone to all of those. <laughs> There is something about each of them that grabbed my attention. Um, we're not suggesting that's a wise thing, let's be honest. All of them might be slightly over the top. But um, if your diary can allow it, and if, you're, and if you feel that you can commit well to more than one group, then that's fine. There's no restriction on it from that perspective. Um, the other thing that... Another aspect that we, Marsha and Paul and I, would love is that we're going to be coaching community group leaders. So what that means is that... Um, we would love to pour some of our um, experience and thoughts from a pastoral um, running community groups leaders' perspective um, so that those leaders are equipped to run the, their groups as best as they can. Um, so that means meeting regularly with leaders, asking them really good questions about how groups are going, that type of thing. Um, so there is that um, sense of support for them. Um, 
Right, I'm just making sure I'm covering everything I want to say. Um, it's our expectation that all of the groups will provide opportunity to love each other, to look out for each other, to support each other, and to engage spiritually. That's really important. We're going to be looking for that in all of the groups. Not in a kind of, have you done it way. <laughs> but in a kind of, that's, that's what Pete was talking about. That's a really part of our value. So we're, we're going to be um, just really excited about how that develops. Um, so um, if you've listened to this morning and you feel like there's, um, you're bubbling now with an idea, as Marcia says, we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you are listening to this morning going, oh, I don't know where I fit, that's okay. Maybe you should ask, should I lead a group? <laughs> a bit of a cheeky challenge. <laughs> it might be that's okay, you don't want to lead a group. I think, I just want to reassure you that um, this is just the beginning of that information, so more is going to come. Um, the details will, will come. We can't, we can't pretend to anticipate and cater for every need. Um, so if there are things you want to feed back to us, things you want to talk about, we'd really love to hear from you. We're really open to that. Um, but we just feel like this is a really interesting opportunity for us as a church to learn what it is to do freedom together and to love each other well in that process, to enjoy what it is to operate out of our gifting. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but as those people were sharing, you could see them bubbling with it, couldn't you? There was something about how they communicated that really captures you, captures your heart. And that's what it is when people lead out of who they are. Um, so that's what we're really excited about. Um, so we're nearly done for time this morning. Um, look at that. One minute to go. Wow. <laughs> what we'd really love to do, I don't know if you had any thoughts, Neil? No? Uh, what I'd really love to do is um, just maybe pray... Um, for those group leaders, actually. Um, I just feel like they're... I don't, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about how to do that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether to talk on the microphone or not. <laughs> Can I just say one thing? But the, what I've been feeling this morning is where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I don't know about you, but ever since the start of the morning, I have felt a real freedom, okay? And just faith has risen, as these guys have shared. Hasn't it been wonderful? So well done, guys. Thank you. Can I just ask the leaders to stand up who are leading new groups and the pastoral leadership team? Okay? And Marsha, sorry. Sorry, darling. I'm just wrapping you all into that. If you are near someone leading a group, could you put your hand on them? We're going to commission them, okay? So, Father God, we thank you for where your spirit rests. There is freedom, okay? We just declare that on them. Lord God, and we are excited about the testimonies we're going to hear from each of these groups, okay? Just, guys, I'm declaring that in the first week of term, when we come back in September, we're going to have testimonies of, from each of these different groups about the power of the Spirit falling on each of them and people being impacted, okay? And Lord God, we just pray for blessings, blessings, blessings on each of the leaders. We pray for supernatural provision of time. We pray for supernatural preparation, and Lord God, I just commit ourselves to these guys and say, we're going to stand with them. Where there is need for support, we're going to go and rush along with our, say, we want to be part of that. Can we bring ingredients? And so, Lord, we just commission these wonderful leaders to you. And we stand with them and we say, God, we are going for it. Amen. And if you felt your spirit stirring about 
um, groups, then do rush to talk to these guys. It feels like there's a beautiful blossom that is coming. And that's the end of our meeting. Thank you very much, everyone, for uh, coming this morning, hanging out and contributions, declaring great weeks over all of you, and uh, fun times ahead. Amen. (laughs) 